Hello and welcome to another season of Quality Sense, a podcast where we want to share with you different interviews with thought leaders in the software industry to learn from them and improve our senses for quality. I'm Federico Toledo and today I will be your host in this episode. Recently I had the absolute pleasure to interview and get to know better a young woman a rising speaker and blogger in the testing community. Her name is Lavina Ramchandani and as you will see she's amazing. What I find interesting about her, what I learned talking with her, is the experience she's now getting working in testing data science models. This is an emerging area, for example, in the UK, 80% of the businesses are looking to hire a data scientist or seek data consultancy. So someone needs to go in and validate those models, right? We discussed data science risks when testing a data science model, the testing process her team goes by, advice for anyone getting started in this area, and a whole lot more. Let's listen to my first interview to kick off season three of the show with Lavina. Hello, Lavina. It's a pleasure for me to have you here in the show. Welcome. How are you, how are you doing today? Hi, Federico. Uh, thank you very much for having me on your show, actually. And I'm doing very well, actually. How are you? Fine. Uh, enjoying my birthday, actually. This is the when when we are recording this. So <laughs> excellent. Yeah, happy birthday once again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So uh, something curious I wanted to to mention here is that the first time I, I I read your name, I thought that you were from India, but then you told me that you speak Spanish and you were from Canary Islands, and then. You, and also you live in the, in the UK, right? So can you tell me a little bit about your amazing background and multicultural yes. background? Yeah, sure, definitely. Uh, basically, so I was born in London and I was only three months old when I was brought to the Canary Islands, specifically Las Palmas. And um, I've stayed here all my life up until um, 18, 19 years old. And then I went to university because I studied in a British school. So I thought it's best to do um, university in England. Uh, I did my degree in London and I found a job in London and I decided to stay in London forever. But um, my parents are Indian. So yes, I do speak in Hindi um, and I do speak fluent Spanish. And yeah, I'm, I'm a bit of a salad, let's say. <laughs> Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a very useful um, set of skills to, to have different yes. languages, to be fluent in different languages, mainly in this world where we are connected with anyone and, and we could be collaborating with different people from around the world. That's amazing. Yes, definitely. Yes. <laughs> So the, um, one of the first questions I want to ask you is how you ended up working in software testing? So I think it's uh, it, the answer I'm going to give is something that you might have heard a lot. I fell into testing, actually. So yes, uh, I had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea what testing was about. And um, I think at university, we just touched the topic of black box and white box, but we never actually tested something. So I, I was clueless. I got my first graduate role. And in my graduate role, they said we have a testing project happening with one of the top. Um, oil 
companies. Uh, so I was like, okay, let me try. Um, and then it wasn't even a graduate role. So I actually learned testing on the job. So I was put as put in as a tester and I learned with my uh, mentor. So I thought at that point, I was very confused as to what I'm doing because I was very young. I had just left university. But then slowly, slowly, when I understood what I'm analyzing, I'm trying to find issues uh, in, in BI reports and um, things like that. So I thought this area is quite interesting. And obviously, there'll, there'll be more projects in the future, more areas that I can expand my testing into. So I think I had a great fall definitely but uh yeah that that's how i ended up in software testing and it's been over seven years now actually that i've been testing oh so i guess you you like it you like it so far right <laughs> yeah definitely because I've, i've experienced so many different projects like different areas different um sort of markets that you test in so it's it's been interesting and it's been interesting learning from other people as well like peers you work with so i, I quite enjoyed and especially the testing community shout out to all of them it's excellent it's it's so easy to talk to everyone any question you have easy to get an answer to and vice versa yeah totally i i fully agree with that and um yes. you are working right now in uh, uh, testing but specifically in the data science uh, area so yes. how How can we get introduced to what is it? Yeah, okay. So basically, um, again, when I was interview interviewing for my role, I had no idea it was going to be a data science model that I'll be testing. It's a complete new area. And I appreciate many testers are not actually involved in this area. So shout out to every tester. If you do get a chance, try and get involved. It's super interesting because I'm testing a model that actually provides some sort of Um, optimize results for companies and how to improve the way they are working. So let me explain what data science is to you. So it's a comprehensive um, process that involves pre-processing analysis, visualization, prediction making. It also comprises of statistical techniques and it's basically data-driven decisions. So you use a lot of data. So you push in data The model does the statistical magic and then it spits out data and then you need to understand if this data is accurate or not. And that was data science. So data science model is basically a mechanism to provide optimized results, how to improve your business, how to look at the historic data that you had to understand what your future could look like but not necessarily telling you this is exactly what's going to happen in your future. So it's actually helping a company be more optimized. How can you deal with that? <laughs> Because for yes. me, it's very challenging. It sounds really challenging. I, I'm really interested in how you, you deal with this. Yes. So basically, with every customer comes different data. So we are not obviously using a golden data set as of now, but we are planning to make one to actually pick all the top features to actually uh, make that data set work. But currently we've got so many clients and we've got so many demands. So what we do is um, we, we ask the client to give us basically a set of data set according to um, our schema. So we provide them a schema that we our model accepts your data in this way. If you give us this schema, then our model will ingest it It will run the model and then it will show you what 
your business could look like in an optimized manner. Now, obviously, there's new data coming in. So maybe, for example, um, a production wheel, for example, for one um, customer might look different versus another customer, but it's according to the data that they have provided. So according to each customer, we have seen loads of ups and downs. So it could be a certain type of column they have or a new file that they have which we didn't have previously. So the developers have to obviously make a code so that we can accept another new file, for example, and make sure that when we are ingesting it, we can actually see that in the output when we download. Or because we've got a front end, I can at least see that things are happening accurately on the dashboard, the the analysis looks good, the graphs look okay, nothing looks distorted, for example. And one thing, actually, our model that does uh, some it does something really um, different to other models is uh, randomness stochasticness what i mean by that is um, every time i ingest uh, client files some of the rows for example uh, will always be different to what it was before now what that means well when i saw it first time i thought something's broken we found a bug but when i sat down with the data scientist he said the only difference between the first result and the second result is only about 1%. So it's not a major change. So what I said was, okay, this is how you understand it, but how would a tester understand this? So what we did was we introduced uh, thresholds. We said, because of the type of clients we are working with, we are not actually working with any bank, for example, or financial system that we need to look into fraud or it's very, very critical. Uh, what we said, we, we thought that thresholds would be excellent. So we kept a change between one and 5%. If we see a change between that, we pass. If we see something above that, we know something's not right. We might need to rerun the model again or optimize our parameters so that we can get a decent enough result. So that's something special, part of our genetic algorithms that we use as part of the model. But all data science models don't have to be stochastic. That's another thing as well. What you put in, you might see at the end or at, at the output level as well. So it's just a matter of how, as a team, you're bringing in strategies, how, as a team, you understand the parameters and how you can play around with these parameters. Sometimes what I've also done is, um, I'm trying to move the parameters so that I put them into maximum or the minimum just to see how my results are changing. And at the same time, I'm actually testing the performance. If I max it out, it takes longer. If I don't, if I leave it to minimum, it's very fast. So it's just about exploring the model. How, what, are, what am I actually trying to do? What scenario am I trying to test? And what is my result? Do I understand my result? And the main thing is, do I understand my data set? Do I understand the story of my data? If I understand what I'm trying to provide to the client, I would obviously understand testing it better. And when I see the result, I will know for sure that this looks very realistic. It's nothing looks distorted here. Yeah, as, as I understand from what you're saying, it's like you're applying a lot of heuristics, right? Yeah. It's not deterministic maybe, but uh, it gives you a hint on when something could be wrong so someone should review it. Yes, yes. It's more of a simulation type um, model. Okay. So as, as I've suggested many testers in the past when I've had chats with them, you have, like, if you bring your testing kit with you, your testing skills, 
strategies you've learned, um, pairing with everyone, um, collaborating, uh, making sure you test edge cases, negative scenarios, all of that will actually be so, so handy because data science looks like it's very complex, but when you're actually in the project, working alongside data scientists has been very, very useful. Um, just questioning them, why am I doing this? Why did you make this feature different? Why did you introduce this new feature? How is it helping the client? When they explain it to you, you understand why you're testing it as well. So I think it's been super, super useful to bring my own testing uh, skill set because it's I've actually used it throughout. There's nothing new apart from the threshold side of things that I've kind of learned and the data science model side of things, because there, there's a bit of statistics. So when we had the databases, now we don't use databases, we use a flat file system. Um, in terms of databases, I used to use SQL and I used to query the database. So that was a bit of the statistical sides as well, as well as SQL. But apart from that, I think it's it's been super interesting and it's there's an abundance of knowledge actually and loads to learn there as well. Yeah, for sure. But at the end of the day, I guess it's uh, always paying attention if we are solving the problems of our users, right? So yeah. this is always what testing is about, checking and reviewing if there are specific risks in, in, in the functionalities or in the software yeah. we are providing to our users. And it yeah. doesn't matter if in the behind the scenes we have a data science model or an AI or something like this, or if it's a typical old style software, let's let's say. Yeah. I'd like to make a short pause to thank Abstracta for sponsoring this podcast. Abstracta is a company fully dedicated to software testing that can work with you to push the quality of your product and processes to the next level. So, talking about different risks, maybe in this type of systems there are specific specific uh, risks that we should be aware of or, or that we should be trying to find. Can you help us to imagine what type of risks are especially yes. in this type of software? Yes, definitely. I've actually written them down because there's a little, there's quite a few actually, so I might as well share all of them. Cool. So the first one is bad data. Now, um, if we have bad data, data out of date um, or irrelevant data or erroneous data, what happens is what we are inputting, the model will work as it is but then it will throw results and it will look really unrealistic. So um, in the past, when we didn't have schemas for the clients to send their data in that manner, um, we would get tons of files and um, the consultants would have to clear it all out, make it so that it can fit um, the right columns, rows, and then the data scientists would try and use it or the data analysts would use it and it would always fail is because new columns were added or it's irrelevant, but the client didn't tell us they don't need it. So it's super, super important to sit down with your data analyst as well and make sure what data is coming in. Is Are they removing anything that we don't need? And if they're removing anything, is this creating any bias? So that is super, super important. Bias in its own is a massive topic, um, but um, 
you need to understand what's being added, what's being removed, because that's going to impact your results. So it's super important you don't have bad data. And if you do, understand why it was removed and understand if it's going to impact your results. Next one that I would like to share is bad analytics. So misinterpreting the patterns shown on your data. So with data science, um, most likely you're going to have some graphs. Um, you're going to have um, algorithms to uh, basically that need fine tuning to pick anomalies. So you need to understand this is the graph. Do I understand it or am I misinterpreting? Now, if you see any anomalies in my kind of data set and data science model, some anomalies were looking like worrying, but they because we added our threshold, they were within the threshold. So we were like, okay, oof, like <laughs> it's not worrying. But sometimes when we do see um, an anomaly, I have to rerun my model and change some parameters because maybe it's it's my mistake that I didn't put the right parameter. But uh, it's super important that you don't misinterpret a graph because then you're misinterpreting for the team as well as for the consultants and then to the client. So the clients might be might get happy like, oh, wow, it's working well. But really, the model didn't do what it was supposed to do. So just be careful with those details as well. Then um, the cost is a risk as well. Obviously, data collection, you have so much data, the aggregation side of thing storage of data, analysis and reporting, they all cost quite a lot of money. So make sure to plan well and have the data to write granularity to avoid any uh, spir spiraling costs. So make sure that um, you're not over um, doing things like um, if you've got the data, um, what I would say, just make sure you store it accurately. You have to write data, anything you don't need, just remove it and make it so that it's um, the right amount and not bad data as well. Um, in terms of uh, two more uh, risks that I would like to mention are privacy and security, which I would put in one section. Um, you have to keep data safe, of course, as there may be sensitive information. So clients that send us details, they might be sending us details of each and every product. And it's super, super risky to have all of that in your system, first of all. Uh, so, um, it's important you um, make sure any sensitive data you're looking at is swiped off your system or anonymize it. The way we do it is I've anonymized all the data sets. So now we have no risk of uh, thinking like, oh, someone's gonna read this data because it's all gibberish. No one will understand what it is. Mm -hmm. And then um, security as well is super important because um, you have to be careful with data theft. Therefore, as I just said, um, anonymize data or have a golden data set and make sure that um, it's it's um, it's readable. You can understand it as a team, but no one else can understand it. And one last one, actually, uh, the selection of wrong algorithm. This is for the data scientists. This is not for for testers. Now, if you select the wrong algorithm, um, you what will happen is you it might not give you the best results. Uh, so you will have an incorrect model selection. Uh, you would have a ba bad model validation as well. So just be careful uh, of which kind of uh, algorithm you're selecting and just research. Um, as a tester, um, I looked into genetic algorithms. That's the one that creates stochasticness. Um, so let me just explain stochasticness in a simple analogy. Five plus three for me and you is eight, but for the model, it might be 8.0000012. Now, we would think that is wrong, but actually it's not wrong. It's within the one or two percent threshold that we've introduced, so it's it's perfectly fine. So not to worry. It's and an, then uh, it's again about threshold. 
Yeah. Yes, yes. And actually the threshold helps. So if you have like a, if, if you're working for a credit card company or a finance company, you might want to keep your threshold even lower, like maybe 0.5 to 1% because of card fraud, for example, you want to keep issues to a very minimum, like any anomalies to very minimum. So you can change according to what your team agrees with. Yeah, there's, there's where you, you need to understand the, the business, right? To understand yes. which threshold makes sense and which doesn't, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And then uh, some of the other um, uh, algorithms you can also look into are Monte Carlo simulation and Brent's method. And then the other kind of rules that we use are just business logic rules that we are using in Python. So th those are, that's kind of the nutshell of the risks that you can have like a checklist in your team. This sounds really amazing and useful for testers <laughs> starting with this uh, type of uh, challenges. So thank you so much. What about, no the, what about the testing process? Is there any special thing to take into account when you are uh, planning your testing activities? Yes. So in my case, we've got a back end and we've got a front end. So what I've noticed a lot is dependencies. That's like a big topic for me. If something's a new feature is coming in and the back end is getting implemented, is that going to impact my front end? If so, I should make sure I have a ticket or some sort of acceptance criteria that includes the front end developers as well. Because if there's a change coming in the back end, I want to be able to test that plus see it in the front end. If not, I'm going to be stuck in the middle and then wait for the front end developers to do that. So it's super, super important to make sure you have your dependencies ticked off. Uh, again, follow your testing strategies. Um, we follow like a pyramid. So we have our unit tests, heavy unit tests. We've got the integration level testing, API endpoints testing, and then we've got the UI side with Cypress. So um, we, we follow the normal strategies. Um, And we obviously raise bugs or any defects that we find, we triage them as a team, and then we make sure those are fixed and retested. And then we also do release processes. So again, release, um, actually, um, testers also do the release process, which I find super, super interesting. It's not just the developers. So um, yeah, it's quite interesting. And um, it's, it's good to be able to test your product both in QA, pre and prod actually. So you know what the clients will look at when you release the latest features. So it sounds very similar to any typical testing process. Um, yeah. I have another question related to this. Do you have any interaction with the, the or collaboration with the data scientist in terms of data generation for testing pur purposes or something like this? Yes, so there's been quite a few features where we don't have the data and we have to create data there and then just to test it. So um, definitely I've interacted a lot with data scientists. I, I know I, I definitely eat their head for sure. <laughs> I have so many questions and until I'm not satisfied, I don't stop. Okay. <laughs> But it's, it's good actually because I'm understanding how I need to test it. So it's actually good. And then, uh, yeah, so basically um, we tend to create data sets there and then, or we actually edit what we have to be able to satisfy what the data scientist has uh, created, any new feature. And it's super interesting because that's when I ask them, 
why did we change this column and what are these numbers actually going to give us now? So when we actually run the model and see the results, the new feature looks perfectly fine. So it's just a matter of waiting for the clients to give us that kind of data. So we are ready for that beforehand. Cool. Um, another, another aspect to consider is the, uh, what about the, the skills you need? Because you mentioned that the typical skills of a tester, like uh, paying attention to details, um, ed edge cases and things like this are very useful. Is there any other skill Well, I also you mentioned about the, some knowledge about the statistics and, and this type of things. Is there anything else we should consider? I think just reading up on data science and making sure that you collaborate with, it, with, with your data scientist, you ask as many questions as you can. Um, also, um, pairing up is super, super useful. Uh, apart from that, I think um, reading up on data science as well as uh, just doing uh, understanding basic statistics. And you don't have to be a mathematics pro, but having a basic understanding would be super useful. Um, you don't have to know everything. That's one thing that I always say to everyone. Um, we are not perfect and we are not meant to be perfect, but we can try to understand things. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, um, just bring your testing kit with you and aim to learn as much as you can and ask everything you can. It's, it's okay not to know everything, 100% fine with that. And there's so many algorithms. How can you actually know each and every algorithm? It's, it's not possible. Yeah. So <laughs> never get worried. Actually be a warrior and test like a warrior. That's what I would say. Amazing, amazing uh, advice, pieces of advice. And um, well, we cover skills. We, you mentioned the challenges. You mentioned some specifics about the, the process, the testing process. Is there anything else we should take into account in this specific context of data science model testing? I think um, if, if you get a chance to be involved in this kind of a project, please do because I've heard loads of testers being um, in a team where there are data scientists, but they're not actually collaborating with them or they don't work together. So I would suggest try and make it so that you can work with them because you understand the product better rather than just testing it at the last moment and trying to release it. So try and involve yourself uh, sooner As, you, as possible, because you'll understand uh, the product much better and then you can design your tests uh, in the right manner. And that's basically adding value to the product. So um, try and get involved. I'm sure there's loads of data science projects going around. So see if, if you're interested. And um, yeah, if, any, if anyone wants to have a coffee catch up with me just to get uh, more knowledge, understand um, the data or uh, just understand how data science model works, then I'd be happy to do so. That's amazing, Davina. That's great. <laughs> um, two final questions um, yes. that are not specifically related with testing. One is um, related to maybe productivity, we could call it. Um, if yeah. you have any habit or something that you want to suggest people to form. Um, a habit, I think ask loads of questions. Uh, raise your hand all the time uh, and I would say um, communicate a lot um, if you have ideas that could help your team 
make sure you mention it because you know what you're doing. Even if it's not priority at that moment, you might get pushed back, which is most of the times. But at least you've actually sown a seed in people's head. If, for example, accessibility was not part of your team, just by creating a small meeting and mentioning it, you've actually shown your team that there's something that we can look into, maybe not right now, but in the future. So at least they'll remember that, yes, oh, Navina mentioned this. We should maybe look into this, maybe not current sprint, but maybe three sprints down, we should bring it in. So don't be worried. Just mention whatever you can, because at the end of the day, we are all responsible for quality and whatever you can bring in would add value. So I would suggest try and do that. Don't don't be put off if you say, if they say no to you because of the priorities in the team. Just try and push for it. Yeah, developing the the the, the, the curiosity, right? Yes, yes, it's really definitely. Important. And also, is this is the way to avoid biases to yes. to work on on yeah on different areas that maybe the, the unknown unknowns, the things that yes, we yes. don't know that could uh, be hiding a risk or a problem. Exactly. Right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, amazing. And the last one, uh, do you like to read? Do you have any book to, to suggest? Um, so I've not read any recently, but I do know that uh, Perfecto released a book with Aaron uh, around um, AI. So um, I would suggest that would be quite useful. And I think quite a few, um, few actually uh, testers have uh, formed part of that. Raj Subramayar has written something there. Even um, Jonathan Wright has written something there. So it's mostly about future of testing and how machine learning and AI could help with testing. So I would definitely suggest um, trying to read that. I think it's called AI-driven testing. So, Lavina. Thank you so much for all the recommendations, the, all your knowledge. Is there anything you, you'd like to invite our listeners to do or to uh, follow you or to reach out? Yes, definitely. Um, um, I've just uh, come on Twitter. So please add me on Davina underscore 18. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. And um, it would be nice to catch up with uh, any of you who's interested in data science uh, model testing um, and just... Um, share some knowledge around that area. It was a, not only a pleasure, it was a, amazing to listen to you and learn from you. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Federico. Really, really glad to have me on your podcast. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I hope your sense for quality got better after this conversation. Thank you so much for listening and please subscribe to Quality Sense Podcast. Tell your friends, your family, your colleagues or whoever you think can benefit from listening to it. I hope to see you soon. Adios amigos. Bye.